Cindy is our final grad student who is speaking in this series. We're thankful that you're speaking. We are uh, saving you for last. <laughs> she actually asked me uh, when I sent out the email invite to students about speaking. This was last semester, sent the invite out. And her only request was, I don't want to go first. It was her only request, so we put her last. So hopefully that helped. God bless you as you speak this morning. I really do feel like Gavin kind of preached my whole sermon with his prayer earlier, so it's a little bit awkward. Um, yeah, like Gavin said, my name's Cindy. If we haven't met yet, hello. I'm sorry that I haven't met you. It's probably my fault, not yours. Um, yeah, so I'm a fourth-year counseling student, and I'm super excited and honored to get to talk to all of you today. Um, and like Gavin mentioned, I'm going to be talking about provision, and that's something that goes really deep for me in the last couple years, and so... It's really cool that I get to talk about it. And so over the last couple weeks, if you've been here, our grads have taken us through the first 15 chapters of Exodus. So I'm just going to quickly remind us of what we've gone through um, before I jump into what I will be sharing today. So in the very beginning, we saw the birth of Moses. We saw God's calling of him through the burning bush and the unraveling of his relationship with God and all the things that um, that brought for him. We saw God's promise of freedom, the response that both Moses and Aaron had. Um, we also saw the story of the Passover and God's promise and power through that. Um, we saw the plagues and as Jen, if she's in here, maybe not. As Jen did a couple weeks ago, we talked about God's leading and how that looks very different oftentimes than what we expect. And so this morning, we're going to be focusing on Exodus 16 to 18. And the way we're going to do this is I'm going to give us a brief summary of the three chapters. There's a lot to go um, through there. And then we're going to get into some specifics of what some of the verses have to say to us. And I know before we even really get into it, we all know that God provides. I'm sure of it. And if you don't, spoiler alert, he does. But I think that we have come to the point where we say these things, and yet we haven't actually taken time to think about what that means for us today. We think provision, and we're like, yeah, God's got it, awesome, and then we move on. But I'm hoping that today we can take some time to reflect on our personal lives and see what that actually has looked like for us in the last couple of years. Because undeniably, he's provided. We just sometimes forget to give him thanks for it. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll jump in. So Father, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to gather this morning. We thank you for your faithfulness, for your love, and that you walk with us through each and every day. And so Father, we ask that as we listen to what your word says to us this morning, that you just speak to our hearts, God, and that you bring forth what needs to be reminded and the things that we need to just bring to you, Jesus. We believe that you are here with us this morning, and so we honor you, and we thank you, and we just give this whole morning up to you. Amen. Okay, Exodus 16. So the way this begins is with seeing the Israelites making their way through the wilderness towards Mount Sinai. And while they're doing this, they're complaining, and they're thirsty, and they're hungry, and they're like, this kind of sucks, that whole type of deal. And so they get so wrapped up in this that they literally look at Moses, and they go, this is your fault. You and God got us out of Egypt, and now we're tired, and now we're thirsty, and they're complaining, and they're grumbling, and they're doing all these things. And of course, 
God who hears everything is like, okay, well, I'm just going to go ahead and provide for them. So he does all these things and he provides food and water for them as they're going through this journey. And then in chapter 17, we once again see the Israelites are going out, they're venturing, um, and they camp out in this place called Rephidim. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Don't judge me. Um, And again, for a second time, we see that there is no water. And they do a very similar response. So they begin to complain, they begin to grumble, and they complain to Moses. So they accuse Moses of bringing them out of Egypt to die of thirst, which is quite interesting of them to do, but... So Moses then takes a position of surrender, and he goes to God, and he says, what am I to do with these people? And the Lord tells him to go ahead of them, and that he is going to provide a way. And later on in chapter 17, um, we then see a fight between Amalek and Rephidim. And what's happening here is that Moses orders Joshua to choose men to fight, And then throughout that story and throughout that chapter, we see the way that God also provides for them, um, both physically and in the victory of the war there as well. And finally, in chapter 18, we see how Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, hears about all the cool and amazing things that God has done. And him, along with Zipporah, who was Moses' wife and his two sons, then go to where Moses was, which was at the mountain of God, and they start to talk about all these amazing things that God has done. They begin to unravel all the, all the glory that is to be of God. Okay, that was a lot. Might have been a little bit confusing. So what we're going to do now is I'm going to tell you guys a story. And if you don't know this about me, I youth lead with junior highs. And if junior highs have taught me anything, thank you, it's that you, you don't need to take yourself seriously. There's really no point. And so I have a photo of myself so you can really just see little me when I tell you the rest of the story. So if you want to put up that picture, that's me. Why my mom sent me to school with my hair looking like that on picture day, I could not tell you. But there we are. Okay. Thank you, Jessica. (laughs) So this was many, many years ago. I was at home just hanging out with my sister. I'm the youngest of three. And so if we have any younger siblings in the room, your responsibility as a younger sibling is to annoy your older siblings. So that's, of course, what I was doing. I was, I don't know what I was doing. I was probably throwing a tantrum of some sort. And I was creating trouble. Jerry calls me trouble. And so I'm doing all these things, and it happens to be really, really hot outside. And so I'm complaining, and I'm attacking my sister, and then I march up to my mom, and I'm like, you want to go buy us a Slurpee or something? Mom said no. And so I was devastated. And I just decided that I was going to create havoc. And so I'm complaining and I'm yelling at her. It probably poor mom felt like it was four hours. And so I'm sitting there. Eventually I give up. I'm like, eh, whatever. And then a couple hours later, in through the doors, my dad, home from work. What is he holding? The Slurpee. It was awesome. And it was one of those, like, you know the Jumbo Slurpees? Yeah. If anyone saw Abby the other day with that jumbo slurpee, it kind of looked like that. And so he comes in, and I'm all excited. I, like, walk up to the door until I realize that the slurpee cup is actually, like, half full. And there's already a straw in it. And I'm like, this guy actually drank from my slurpee. So what do I do? I begin to tell him, how dare he drink out of my slurpee? Which is funny, because if you think about it, he bought it after working all day so that he could have money for me and my family. But that didn't matter because he was being very disrespectful to me. (laughs) And although that story is really silly and that photo, it's hard to take it seriously, 
it does lead us to our first point, and it's that provision is actually not about us, it's about God. And so what that means is that provision doesn't always look the way that we want it. It doesn't always come at the time that we want it to. But when it does, it's coming because God has ordained that. So if you want to join me, we're going to open our text. And we're going to look at Exodus 16, 1 to 5. And so the word says, The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. On the 15th day of the second month, after they had come out of Egypt, in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instruction. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and this is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So what we're seeing here is how the Israelites have gone through the wilderness of sin. They were tired, they were hungry, they were upset with God. And as verse 3 said, they even state, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. See, Israel was responding with grumbling and complaining. They wanted their pain, they wanted their thirst, they wanted all these needs to be instantly fulfilled. They wanted them to be instantly taken care of. And they were so unhappy that they would have rather been taken back to a place that they were never supposed to be, a place that was already hurting them. And let me tell you, the first time I read that, first of all, I laughed because I'm like, that's so silly. Why would they do that? And then the more I started to think about it, I was like, okay, what does this mean? They complain and they grumbled. And if you don't know what grumble means, it essentially means to complain in a bad-tempered way. So not only were they complaining, but they were probably being super annoying about it, which is just extra, like, unfortunate for them. And so I'm sitting here thinking about this passage, and I think about how often we can have similar stances about what we're going through. I think about that story that I just told all of you, and I was that kid. I was complaining. I was grumbling. I wasn't creating a fuss out of things. Even though if I had just been patient and held off an hour, two hours, I would have gotten exactly what I wanted, maybe just formed in a different way. And the truth is, I think that we are selfish people. I know that I am. I'm sure a lot of you are. And we just complain even though God has been so faithful in taking us out of places, he's been so faithful in providing things, whether that's financially, physically, emotionally. It's so easy for us to get focused in the hard little parts of what we're walking through, and it's so sometimes difficult to realize that God is there and that he is walking with us, and yet that doesn't make it any less true. Again, if we read verse 4, it says, that the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to rain down bread from heaven for you. See, despite the complaints of the Israelites, the Lord was going to provide food for them. He was already having that in his plan. And as we continue to read, we see just how God then provides for them. And he does this in a way that they just didn't even expect. He does it with manna. He does it with quail. And this is something that the Israelites weren't expecting. And what's funny about that is that throughout their journey, throughout the complaining, throughout the grumbling, I think about what it would have felt for me to be in those spots. And yeah, maybe there was a bit of like, oh, something will happen. But I don't think that they actually fully believed that. 
And I know that a lot of us today feel that. We feel the tiredness. We feel the grinds of trying to get all our homework done. And I think that maybe, in our, even in our day-to-day conversations, we're more likely to speak negatively than we are to speak positively about God's glory. If we look at verse 29, we see that the Lord says, Bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. This is why on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where they are. On the seventh day, no one is to go out. So what's happening here is that not only has the Lord told them he's going to provide, he has also told them, hey, don't do anything on the day of Sabbath. You would think with very clear instruction, they would listen. They didn't. And so we look even further into that and we see that not only do they kind of hear it, but they want to continue to grab food. They want to collect extra Yet God is saying, no, I am there. The Sabbath, I've called you to obey the Sabbath. And so I was really thinking about this, and I was thinking about a really sunny day and how sometimes it's beautiful, it's bright, we love the sunshine. And then we throw on a pair of glasses, and all of a sudden we can still see the beauty. We can still see the sun kind of peeping through our glasses, but we can see a little bit further in the distance just because we have a little extra protection. And that's, that's God. He's with us. When he is standing with us, he's saying, okay, you might think that you can see, you might think that what around you is what you need, but listen, I am here and I'm gonna show you what's better. He knows better, he sees clearer, and again, he provides things for us in ways that we don't expect. He provides from resources we didn't know we had, he provides from friends we didn't know we had, and he steps in at his time and not our time. Again, I think we live in this weird time where we have faith and we do believe, but it's almost easier to believe with things like financial provision or the fact that he's gonna give us enough strength to finish our homework because we actually literally have to, or uh uh-oh, And yet, when we look at things like the complexities of our relationships, our friendships, our grief, it's almost a lot harder to think that God's still going to provide a way out with that. Sometimes we see provision as this linear thing. And we put ourselves at the center instead of keeping Jesus there. And we forget that provision is by his definition and by his time, and it is not by ours. And I get it. It's annoying, it's uncomfortable, it's almost frustrating to have to wait. It's almost frustrating to have to stop ourselves from thinking the opposite. Yet God still leads, and he still guides, and he still is with us. My second point for us this morning is that provision doesn't always feel easy. And I really wish it did. But if we take a look at Exodus 17, 11 to 12... What we're kind of seeing here is the fight between um, Israel and Amalek. And verse 11 reads, As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side, one on the other. And his hands remained steady until sunset. That is so challenging. 
See, the Israelites were fighting. They had gone through all these adventures. They had endured a lot of physical pain. And now, again, they are in a war. They are fighting. And Moses is there, standing, trying to be obedient to God. He has his arms raised. And yet the text tells us that he was tired. I know that I'm tired. I'm sure a lot of you are tired too. And a couple facts about me, if you don't already know this, is that I am quite the private person. I have a hard time telling people when I need something. I have a hard time asking for help. And so I kind of do this little like retreat thing when I'm feeling things really deeply and I just kind of hide and I'm like, <laughs> and I cry to myself and then Liv will walk in the room and it's awkward. And I think about my last two years and I think about how challenging that has been and how so many different things have happened and how in moments it felt very, very isolating. But I took some time to zoom out and I was overwhelmed with the gratitude I had for God. Because I think about as much as I was going through a difficult time, he provided the best support system and the best friends I could have ever asked for. And some of them are scattered throughout this room. Some of them aren't. And yet provision in that sense is something that I wasn't expecting. I was expecting God to be like, hey, I'm going to make everything better. Hey, I'm going to get you out of there. Hey, it's going to be okay. Come with me. And yet, no, provision came with my friends sitting by my side. It came with them praying over me. It came with them telling me that I could do it. But I wasn't giving God glory for that all the time. I was taking it for granted. And yet, like Moses, I was doing my best to try to listen to what God was saying. I was doing my best to walk where he had asked me to. But it was very difficult to keep that promise of provision over my life. See, I was literally physically struggling to keep myself up. And like in the text, my friend, my God said, let me give you some friends. And then they came up alongside me and literally like, get out of bed. You got to go. And we see the text. It says a very similar thing in verse 12. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat on it. Aaron and her held up his hands one on one side and one on the other, and his hands remained steady till sunset. What got me through those two years is that I had a God who loved me so much that he was willing to send people out to walk with me. He loved me so much that even though I was experiencing the depth of pain that I was, he said, no, you are my daughter and I will get you out. And that is a very, very similar thing that he's saying to all of you today. See, Moses was having a hard time in this battle. He needed support. And not only did God provide that support, he provided victory. He provided strength. And I'm assuming Moses didn't think that any of that was going to happen. I think sometimes when we think of God's provision, we're expecting a really easy road to success. We're thinking, yes, he will provide. And then we're going to move on. But it's not always that easy. Sometimes it's really, really difficult and we're crawling out. And yet that doesn't make it any less true that God is still walking with us. My final point for this morning is coming out of the text in chapter 18. 
And it's more of a question for you all. And it's how will you respond? See, if we think back to the, the very beginning, we saw the Israelites complaining. We saw them grumbling. We saw them being probably annoying. But then in verse, in chapter 18, sorry, we see that Moses told his father-in-law Jethro about all the good things the Lord had done. How he had delivered them, how he had protected them, how he had stayed faithful throughout all the hardships they had experienced. And what did Jethro do? He rejoiced. Verse 10 to 11 says that he said, Praise be to the Lord who rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians, of Pharaoh and all who rescued the people from the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all the other gods, for he did this to those who had treated Israel arrogantly. And so I ask all of you, what do you believe about God's provision? Are you choosing to see it in the standard version of financials in getting through your homework? Or are you willing to take a zoom out and look at your life and look at how faithful God has been through the journey? How from the beginning all the way till the end, he has remained steady. Earlier we sang that song, Never Walk Alone. And there's a couple lines in that song that I want us to just think about. It says, I have never walked alone. I have never been abandoned. You are always faithful. You are strong and able. In you I find help. You are my providence. We're going to take a few minutes to just think about that. Think about the lyrics. Think about your life. Think about your response and your posture towards provision. And then I want you all to just take some time and thank God for the ways that you recognize his provision has been active and in the ways that you haven't. So just take a few minutes to do that.